Hi guys, thank you so much for coming back. <laughs> Let's get into it. All my life I had to fight. Who said that? 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 Who? Ah, the ghetto. The ghetto. The ghetto. Hi guys, thanks for coming back and I just want to start this episode by saying thank you so much for your messages, the love, just yeah, we encourage it really. I was so nervous about starting this podcast and even still, even after I posted the introduction episode, you know, you just get those voices in your head like, bitch, take that shit down, like, nobody care about your shit. <laughs> but, no, thank you guys for encouraging me for just, yeah, like, every single message, like, means a lot. And you guys actually messaging me like, girl, when is the next episode coming out? <laughs> we, be, we, we waiting, boo-boo, we be waiting, you know? Like, get into it. <laughs> yeah, so, thank you for, you know, applying pressure to my neck. <laughs> Yeah, and also thank you for all the constructive criticism as well. We like to grow. I like to grow. So I've taken everything everyone has said on board, all the like sound problems and the technical issues. Yeah, just bear with me, guys, because I'm trying to kind of do everything by myself because I don't like relying on stuff. So I'm just teaching myself how to like record on my own. I'm recording at home. I don't have a studio. Yeah, so enough of the excuses. But yeah, so um, thank you. Right, today's episode. Also, another thing that I did want to talk about. So, today's Friday. I'm trying to get this episode out for Monday. And before I started a podcast, I really wanted to have, like, a backlog of just pre-recorded episodes there. But I kind of decided against that because I really want the conversations to be in real time. I feel like every single time I wake up, my mood changes. So I might record something a month ago and today I just don't like what I've recorded. I'm very up and, up and down like that. Um, so even this morning when I woke up, what I'm going to talk about in this topic, I just decided this morning. I wanted to talk about this. Um, I wanted to have this conversation way, 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 way further down the line. But I just, I don't know. I just felt like, let me get out of the way. I've been getting a lot of questions about it as well recently. In the DMs, you'll be sliding in my DMs. And yeah, so the topic, no, the question I've been getting lately is, well, not lately, I get this question a lot, but I just never really, I never address it. I think, yeah, I'm not ready. Like I speak about it in riddles. I think some people have kind of got the gist. Some people kind of know from people's DMs. I feel like some people know and some people are just like, yo. Yeah, so people always asking me, why are you always in hospital? First of all, I'm not always in hospital. Like, y'all are rude. Like, y'all are nosy as shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not always in hospital. I think it's just because I've I've posted this year when I have been in hospital. I don't usually post. Usually when I'm in hospital, I just kind of go MIA and I just disappear and I come back with a selfie or smiling like, life's great again. Yeah, let's live my best life. Ain't got time. No. Yeah. So, why am I always in hospital? Like, babe, why are you always in hospital? <laughs> yes, I I have sickle cell. Oh my God, I just said that. <laughs> it's really weird. I want these people. Sometimes, I don't really talk about it. I talk about, obviously, people around me. Like, if you're in my everyday life, you will, obviously, it is a big part of my life. You will hear me talk about it. But I feel like I don't talk about it outside. Because I just feel like, if I don't talk about it, it might, it might just disappear. It might just... It might just go away. You never know. You know. Yeah. And the reason why I just thought, let me start with talking about sickle cell is because it is sickle cell awareness month. Ironic, right? My birthday is in September and sickle cell awareness month is in September. <laughs> Life is funny. God's sense of humor is adventurous, you know? But yeah, so I don't really talk about this a lot. From the DMs I've got from people, I can tell some people I definitely, definitely put two and two together and they got that mighty fall some people are still trying to do the you know multiplications and stuff but i have sickle cell i was born with sickle cell and yeah so for those of you that don't know what sickle cell is i was gonna be rude and say google that shit like the internet is free or whatever but nah <laughs> we're gonna learn so basically sickle cell is um 
is a disease, is a chronic illness. So I was born with it and you kind of have it for the rest of your life. There's nothing, you know, you can do about it. My blood cells are different from your blood cells. Well, assuming that you don't have sickle cell. So if you're listening to this and you have sickle cell, well, then you know, girl, <laughs> we're in the same boat. We're in the same boat, girl. With a blood cell, they be fighting each other. They're meant to work together. It's like, they be enemies or whatever. But yeah, so yeah, sickle cell is... um. It's a blood disease, it's a chronic illness. You get it from, you know, two blood types coming together. It is, that's why I always tell people, it's so important. Don't be doing flirty, flirty, um, you know, trying to get it on with people and you don't know your blood type. Like, I've forgiven my parents because ignorance was real back in the days. But, yeah, they're both traits and they made me. So if you have a trait and you get with someone that has a trait, you have, like, one in four chance of your child having a full-blown thing. So my mum has three children. My older sister, she... Does my sister have a trait? I think she does have a trait. I need to ask her, actually. You know, she does have a trait. So a trait... A tra having a trait isn't having an illness. It's just... Just to be careful, like, who you have kids with. And then there's me. I have the full-blown illness. And then my little brother... He don't, he don't got it. He don't got nothing, okay? So he can go ahead and live his best life, okay? Yeah. So there, I have it. So yeah, I have it. And I've been, I've had it since, since birth. Okay, before I start this episode as well, I do want to talk about, I just want to have a disclaimer. I'm talking about my sickle cell journey. I know so many people that have sickle cell and sickle cell affects every single person differently there isn't a one way of having sickle cell there isn't like a textbook definition of living life with a sickle with sickle cell it it, it varies from with people even me in my life there's been times in my life where i've literally been living my best life and it hasn't affected me and there's been time when this sickle cell has been like bitch like it's been stepping on my neck like it's been like oh i've really suffered with this thing you know but yeah so it is my experience it is my journey I will, maybe down the line, maybe, like, have other people on the podcast with Sickle Cell. I will just have a conversation, talk about experiences and, you know, how it affects people differently. Because I feel like there is a lot of ignorance surrounding that aspect. When I, I meet people and they're kind of like, oh, my cousin has Sickle Cell and she's like this or she's like that. And expect me to live like that or have that same, I don't know. Yeah, be the same. Like, I'm an individual. Everyone's an individual. Like, I feel like even, you know... Even, like, with cancer, there's no... Two, everyone, some people live... You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling on now. But I just wanted to have that disclaimer just to... Yeah, just to say... This is... I'm speaking about my experience with it. And it doesn't affect anyone else's experience. But... So, I was born with sickle cell. And I... It's actually crazy that I remember a lot of my childhood. I have a very photographic memory and I remember, like things and pictures and, and drabs and stuff. So I remember I remember a lot of my childhood being in hospital, which is weird. I remember being in the children's ward. The children's ward was lit. Oh my gosh. We'll talk about that. But when they put me in the grown up ward, Lord, I felt like this is real suffering. This is this is really, really suffering. I'm suffering. But yeah, I just remember like I don't really remember much of my school life as a child because I felt like I was really I was really ill I was really really ill but yeah so I remember just always been in hospital and I remember I think that's when I became scared of the dark till this day I'm still is that should I be ashamed of that I'm a big big woman I'm kind of still afraid of the dark but you know God is with me yes I just remember being in hospital at night and I think at nine o'clock they would just turn off the lights and obviously you got all this like people in the hospital you got the nurses walking past and you fall asleep and the nurses are coming to inject you in the night who isn't gonna be scared of the dark like I was I hated nighttime so much as a child yeah so I remember just sometimes being in a wheelchair like my legs not always working like they should I remember not really being able to like go to school I don't really remember school life until probably year three as well so I don't know if that yeah maybe that's when I really started my mom doesn't tell me a lot about my life. I just remember stuff from when I... My memories and stuff, but... Yeah, so I remember, like, sitting in the bath on my sister bathing me. 
like literally sitting in a chair in a bath because I couldn't always stand up still. Stand still. Stand up still. Wow, English. Yeah, so I couldn't always like stand up and my sister would bath me. Like shout out to my sister. My sister's always been her sister's keeper. Like I love that woman. Like I love, I love, love, love my sister. Like my sister is my soulmate. We have our ups and downs, but she's literally just, she's right or that. She's always there for me. She's been there. Like, she's always there. So I remember, yeah, my childhood, like, dealing with it. But it's actually crazy when I got to secondary school. Yeah, when I got to secondary school, I feel like the whole five years in secondary school, I was probably sick twice. And I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Like, why? Why was that? Yeah, so my whole secondary school life, I was fine. Not fine. I still had days when I was down, when I was ill and pain, I couldn't go to school. And then, yeah, I think I was in hospital. The whole duration of the five years, I think I was in hospital, yeah, twice. Imagine, in five years. (laughs) Wow. But then as soon as I left secondary school, oh my God. Oh my god! Like it went downhill from there. No, 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 no. It went downhill. Like I felt like my blood cells were at like I don't know my college's door. Like <laughs> we're waiting for you. <laughs> I'm coming for you. It's on site when I see you, bubble. Like you think you can be out here living your life in secondary school and like <clears throat> nah. Like I'm coming for you. Yes, yeah, so I think as soon as I got to to college that's when I just I remember just always being ill and I actually remember I think just after I turned 16 I had a crisis and then the ambulance came they took me away and I got to the hospital just I think it was September as well actually so it was just because it was after my birthday my birthday's in September and I just turned 16 and then they didn't know what ward to put me because previously I was in a children's ward and they put me in a grown-up ward that the ward just screams depression Imagine, like, you're 16 years old and the woman on the next bed from you is, like, 809 and she's, like, pardon my French, she's shitting her nappies. It stinks. You can't move. You're, like, intoxicated with morphine. You're... Oh, yeah. I just... Even to this day, I I really feel like there shouldn't be that much of a difference. They should still make, you know, the grown-up ward just lively. Put some life in that place. Put some pictures. In the, in the children's ward, we had... We had a games room. There was all sorts of games. There was operations, Monopoly. Not Monopoly, like, um, yeah, games anyway. So I can't remember games. But it was just when you had energy, there was always stuff to do. I remember they used to, like, take all of us in the, in the children's world. They used to take us in the, on our wheelchairs and stuff and then wheel us out. And then we used to, like, get to feed the ducks. Oh, memories, memories. Like, those were actually good times. Like, obviously, bad situation, but good times. Yeah, I just really used to love that. I just used to love getting fresh air, doing all, all 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 kinds of stuff. I feel like when you're an adult, no one really cares. They just come, inject you, give you your pills, take your meds. Like, they're so brutal. There's been times I've been sleeping, guys. Guys, there's been times I have been sleeping and I've woken up to an injection in my arm. They won't even wake you up to take your obs or take take a blood test. And I'm just like, yo, what like what are you doing? Like, do you mind? Can I have my arm back? Yeah, so I just feel like... I feel like I actually need to have another episode where I talk about my experience in hospital because your girl has been through it. Like, when you're in hospital, like, no one cares. No one cares. I'll, I have sat in a hospital bed and buzzed for three hours in pain. There was a point, there was a time I was in hospital, was so bad, and I had to... I was buzzing, 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 buzzing. I was in a side room, so I was in a room by myself. So And it was like, the room was quite far from the ward. Not... Yeah, the, it was a big ward. And I was in the room, just like, pressing, 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 like, in so much pain, groaning, moaning, crying and stuff like that. No one was coming to me. It got so bad. I think I waited. I even fell asleep. I was The pain knocked me out. I woke up in pain. And I was like, I'm going to die on this bed today. Like, no one is coming to me. Everyone's at work. All my family's at work. My boyfriend, Jeremiah, was at work as well. And then I think I was like, I didn't, obviously, I didn't, and I don't like to, like, bother people because if I'm calling someone at work what can they physically do for me they can't do anything for me so I remember getting my phone googling the hospital and getting their phone number calling reception imagine I'm in the hospital I'm calling reception to get help and I'm crying I'm like please can someone help me and they literally like obviously I think reception like called I don't know the nurse in charge 
And then the woman, a nurse came in and she was just like, oh, we've been so busy. Sorry, we've been short staffed. And I just sit, sat there thinking, I literally could have just, I could have just died. Three hours. Hmm. Wow. It's ruined the streets, yeah. Yeah, so I, I've had, oh God, I have so many, 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 many stories from, from that. So I just really feel like they should, obviously I know the NHS is tight and this, all that kind of stuff, but I really do feel like they should put an effort in to just put some life in the wards because there's been times I've been in the hospital two weeks straight and I don't see daylight. I'm just there, just those forward and it just, it does drive you crazy. So yeah, so where was I? I do ramble on a bit, guys. Pardon me. Excuse my pardon forgive me but yeah so after I left secondary school yeah yeah the sickle cell life really 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 hit me I think when I was in secondary school because obviously when you're secondary school and you're just in school you're a teenager I forgot about my childhood with sickle cell I was just kind of like dealing with it and I remember when people used to ask me oh I used to tell people no, I don't have the bad sickle cell imagine how ignorant yeah I used to tell people no 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 I don't have the bad kind just because it's so quick to forget you're so quick to forget stuff yes I don't I didn't really like remember all I just was living a moment I was just like I'm fine I'm able to be a teenager I, I can do me I was like so adamant on not associating myself with this illness I was like yeah yeah no 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 like I don't have I don't have the bad type like that's other people like no not me I'm just I'm here I'm out here we get in it or whatever like I'll be cute or whatever but yeah so I remember even things like there was like a sickle cell um, club. I refused to go. I was so disobedient. I refused to go. I was just like, no, I don't want to be around other people that had sickle cell because it's depressing. And the funny thing is I actually missed out on so much stuff because I think it was years later I found out that they used to take them out on trips. They took them to Fort Park, Disneyland, and I was here suffering. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I think I was just very headstrong with the fact that but I went around, I think I went about it the wrong way. I think I was so adamant of, uh, from, from a very young age, I kind of, I knew I didn't want this to define me. And I remember I used to like really, really get upset when people would be like, oh yeah, you know you can't do that because of that. I'm, even when my sister, me and my sister would argue, and she was like, you know you need to take it easy before you get ill, or you know not to, not to stress. If someone tells me, you know what's going to happen when you get stressed, you're going to go to hospital, oh my God, I will lose my mind. Like, I will go ballistic. Yeah. Yeah, so I was very like adamant, was like, no, yeah, I have it, but I don't have it kind of thing. And I was just like living my life. And even sometimes now, I really feel like I was more ill than I was, than I was admitting to. But I would just, I would just get on with it. I would come to school and I'd still be in pain and walking and just, yeah, just like trying to ignore it. Like, yeah, we'll go away, we'll go away. But then life after secondary school, I didn't have, really have that choice. It really, 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 really hit me. I remember... I remember just like, yeah, I think the first time, this is actually a fun fact, the first rave I went to, <laughs> Lord, have mercy, the first rave, the first shubs, the first dance that your girl went to, she had to get taken out by an ambulance. Wow, I didn't go out for a very long time after that. Yeah, because I think before that, in school, everyone used to go to this like rave called Colours. Number one, my mum was strict as hell, so she, was, she didn't play those games. Like, my mum was so strict, school finished at, Three o'clock, my mum would call the house phone at 3.30, you better be there to pick up the phone. Where are you? What are you doing? School's finished, go back home. Yeah, so my mum didn't really let me out to really have a social life. And I think because because I, because I have sickle cell as well, I think my mum was very, she was overprotective of her kids, but she was a bit ODD with me, like she wanted to like wrap me up. I wasn't allowed to do anything. And yeah, actually I had a very very sheltered life literally my secondary school life was home and school home and school sometimes go to a friend's house sometimes you don't but it was very much home and school and but I was okay with that so I wasn't a child that tried to like sneak out at night I was just very content in just being a home a homebody so all my friends was out living their best life going to all the raves going to carnival going to this and I was just at the back of my head my head I was just kind of like yeah you might not be affected as much as you would, but you're still not like them. And I think because my mum used to say it to me as well, I think, I think there was time my mum 
made a statement and to this day it's actually stuck with me. My mum's like, you can't follow your friends because you're not like them. And my mum used to always, always say that. I think I remember the first time I wanted to go to carnival. And to this day, I still, I've never been carnival, just out of the fear of that. I wanted to go to carnival. And I remember I was telling my mum, and my mum was like, eh? Can you what? Hey, you want to follow your friends? Do you know how much people are in Canada? They will just, you will fall down, they will trample all over you. If you have a crisis in the, in, in the crowd, they, nobody will care. And I was just kind of like, yo. Imagine like, obviously I've never been carnival, so obviously when I, when I see snap, people snaps of carnival, like it literally gives me anxieties because I just think there's so much people. It's so crowded. It's so crowded that people don't even have reception. So I'm like, okay, what if I do have a crisis? What if I want to call the ambulance? What, how, what if I do fall down and everyone's just drunk and walking all over me? So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you, you know what? I'm, I'm going to sit this one out, girl. Yeah, you guys, go out and have your live your best life, you know? And even there's been times when, I remember carnival times when I'd be in hospitals, I didn't even have a choice. And my friends would come after carnival or before, no, before they went to carnival or just pass through the hospital. And I remember there was this one occasion, actually, my mum was sitting there and I had, like, three of my friends were pulling, came into the hospital and they were wearing batty riders. Like, you could see their bum cheeks. My mum's face, as soon as they left, yeah, mum was like, I don't want to see those girls ever again. She's wearing pints. Pata! Oh, my God, what She's wearing pints. Outside her home. Nonsense. No, but rubbish. Yeah, so my mom didn't play those games. So I've never, yeah, I've never. So because of that, I don't know if I was interested in that or because I just kind of sub subconsciously just said, okay, you can't do that. You can't follow those people. So don't even look in that direction. So I was never faced with going out. I was never faced with going to um, parties, all that kind of stuff. So after I left, college and then I think this time I was about 18 my first rave I went I was 18 years old and my friend was just like no come out it will be a good night blah 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 I got my dress my heels I got my hair did like your girl was ready I was thinking listen I'm really gonna go and really shake a leg you know oh wow these people are not ready for me so we was we got in the club in the club now oh, I can't remember I think it was club Manjaro Holloway, back, 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 back in the day. Yeah, I don't know if, I think, I don't know. It was in Holloway. I, I remember it was in Holloway. Anyways, so I was there living our best life. It's cute or whatever. I'm like, okay, there's a lot of people, but you know, it's cool. It's my first time. I'm just looking around. Everyone's looking. I, it was like a new experience for me. I was looking around. It's got crowded. I think, basically, I think at that time, what triggered that crisis was actually a panic attack when I'm actually thinking about it now. Yeah, so I think, yeah, so I think I think a fight broke out and like everyone was like, if a fight broke out, someone was throwing bottles, something like that. And then everyone was trying to get out at the same time. And my body went, oh, hell no. Bitch, we out, we out. Bye. And I just remember like, just I just felt this pain. Like just pain. And I was just, I couldn't walk, I couldn't run. I was just like, ugh. I feel like I was like falling down slowly. I just like, and then my friend was just, like, yo, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I think someone was like, someone was screaming, calling an ambulance, calling an ambulance. I was just there and I think I was just crying. I was in so much pain. And then even though I was in so much pain, I was so aware of like everyone staring at me. And I think that just killed me. It killed my soul. Cause I was just like, I was looking forward to this night, my first night raving, you know, trying to be like, you know, teenager or whatever. And and this is what this this is what's happening. Okay, everyone's staring at me. And one thing I, I said this in, in the introduction is I hate pity. When people pity me, I literally feel you might as well punch me in the face. I hate pity. Like don't ever pity me. Yeah, I hate pity. So I just felt like people looking at me like, oh, what's wrong with her? I'm like, oh, yeah, what's wrong with her? She's diseased or whatever. Like, oh, why is she on the floor? Like, she like get up, get up. Like, where's the ambulance? Like, oh. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, anyways, I got taken out of that and if I, yeah I didn't tell my mum I was going to the rave as well so thank god I only spent a night in hospital yeah so I think I, I came home and I just she, I ne to this day I never told her because my mum would literally have a heart attack and just fall down and like my mum was very dramatic she was like you see what you want to do you want to kill yourself you're going to kill yourself or you want to follow your friends eh she'll burn me you can't do that yeah so I didn't tell her I just came back the next day I just told her I slept at one of my um, close friends house and but that really, really bothered me. And I was just like, yo, can I not go out? Can I not do this? 
So I think after that, I was just like, yeah, no more going out for you, girl. You stay at home. You stay at home. You just... You watch people go out from a distance and you, you live that life. So that was my first experience going out and I just kind of just went back in my show. I was very much a homebody. I didn't... Yeah, anywhere that there was crowds, <laughs> I wasn't there. If there was more than 20 people, I was not there. You want to have a house party? I would not be there. <laughs> you want, I, I just I just won't. I'll be in my house. I'll like I like small gatherings, dinner. Yeah, that's why I I love the dinner. I love the dinner because that dinner was cute. I can go be cute and go home and be in one piece and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that was after. And then yeah, so college times I was sick a lot. I was really sick a lot to the point where I got taken out of my course in college because I was so sick. And to back, looking back on this day, I still think that was so unfair. So I remember just like having a lot of crisis. I was like in and out of hospital, in and out of hospital. There was actually a day I had a crisis in hospital and an ambulance came and it was like, oh, so embarrassing. Everyone was there. I'd be strapped to the chair, being injected in front of everyone, that kind of stuff, being, being pulled away. And I think the next day people was kind of like, oh, do you have epilepsy? I'm not the next day, like when I came back from... From, from hospital and people were just asking me these like stupid questions and I was just like can you just mind your damn business I'm supposed to I don't know I, I, I'll feel weird asking someone something like that but people felt no way to ask me that yeah so I was sick a lot in college and I think there's a lot there's half of my last year I had to stay home and write essays so they, they sat I remember having this meeting I don't know, I didn't even think that was even an option to take me out of school. So they called me and my mum into college and we're sitting down and I remember my tutor was there and then they were just like, you know, we're very worried about her, her health. Like this year, it's just, we feel like the course is having an effect on her health. So we, we've decided, they decided for me, guys. They didn't even give me a, a chance. They decided for me. They were just like, we've decided that we think it would be best. It should just work from home does her work from home, she can send in essays. I, I studied performing arts, you want me to sit at home and write essays. Where's the logic? Where's the logic? I think, I remember, I just, I think a part of my soul just gave up in that meeting and I just sat down and I was just there like, okay. I know, I think it's probably one, one time my mum really, really stuck up for me. Like my mum, I just feel like, I always feel like my mum didn't get me, but I feel like in that meeting room, she got me and my mum was like, She's a social butterfly. She feeds off people's energy. Like, she needs to be around people. You can't just seclude her. You can't take her out. That's going to make her worse. And they were just like, we've decided on this, you know, and we just think this is the best thing for her. And I was... So, yes, yeah, so I had to sit at home. And obviously, when I... You lose friends. Everyone starts to forget about you. You kind of distance from everyone. Everyone's living their best life at college, after college, they're going out. I, I remember when that first happened, I think for like a month, people would come and see me after college. They're like, yay, we're coming over. And it was like really sweet, but obviously time, everyone does their thing, everyone's got stresses, everyone's trying to pass, everyone's applying for uni, everyone's doing all of this and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I remember as well, yeah, guys, another thing I want to say is, regardless, regardless of what you have, please don't let people tell you what you can and can't do. People, don't let people limitate you. Don't let people put limitations on your dreams. So, like I mentioned, I studied performing arts. And I remember, obviously, I told you I was getting sick a lot, blah, blah, blah. My tutor pulled me to the side. And he said to you, I like you. I'm going to be honest with you. Do I think you're talented? Yes. Do I think you could go far? Yes. But he said the acting industry, no one's going to wait for you to get better. He said, no one is going to wait for you to get better. I remember I went home that night and I cried. And I remember, I said, I remember I spoke to God. I was like, I remember, <laughs> Ooh, why am I getting emotional? Stupid podcast. <laughs> is this what we're going to be doing all the time? Just like, getting emotional yeah I remember going home that night and I think I just I said to God I hate you <laughs> I said to God like why give me a dream and then give me an illness that will stop me from achieving that dream whoa yeah I said that out loud yeah I said I said why 
especially because yeah i'll speak about my whole acting journey in another episode but i've had this acting dream since i was 13 and i've tried to fight it i've tried to be like nope it's acting is not for someone like me i've tried to fight it i've taken long breaks from it i've given up i've done full 360 come back to it when that's every time i try to walk away from it god is like nah be like go back and i remember that stuck in my head so much and i was just so angry at god i was just like so you give me this dream that i don't even want because i used to fight i like i don't really want to be an actor it's not really me i'm the type of person i want to know how much i'm earning every month i want I'm, I, I like routines in a way yeah with acting you don't have that and then you give me an illness obviously not and any on guys an illness is not from god please understand that and it took me so long to understand that it took me a very i think if i if i got that into my head when i was younger my my life would have been changed it took me so long to realize that god did not god doesn't hate me yes i have sickle so i had this life do you know what i mean I, anyways yeah so i remember just sitting there and i was just like okay then that's it then i've got to pack this in imagine i was like no i went to uni to study psychology pardon yeah imagine doing performing arts and just being my happiest in that course just like it just felt like i was fulfilling my, my purpose when i was performing just yeah and then going from that to like okay no you can't do this anymore so what's the next option so i went to uni to do psychology and obviously i was unhappy very unhappy in the course i didn't i wasn't passionate about it i didn't I didn't love the course. I kind of hated it. And then I was away from home. I went to Hertfordshire. UH, UH, big up. Yeah, I went to Hertfordshire. And I was away from home. There was just a lot of things happening. And yeah, I was just ill, ill. Always sick, always sick, always sick, ill. Even there'll be times when... A lot of people actually didn't realise this. I would lock myself in my room for like a week. I would, turn on, I would just like... I would have a crisis and try to like deal with it by myself because I just hated the hospitals there and it was kind of too far from home and then I remember when I was in hospital as well because I was so far from I'm so used to when I'm in hospital everyone coming to see me every day I'm quite I'm quite I was quite spoiled in that aspect like there was all I wouldn't I never really kind of felt alone and then I was in uni I went I was in hospital and the bed was empty it was too far my mum couldn't be traveling down every day my sister, you know, it was just like the people, and I just felt very alone. Obviously, my friends at the time at uni, they would try their best. They would come, you know, for a bit. But, you know, they had their own lives. And at that time, I'm a new friend. They just met me at uni or whatever. And I remember the time I had, I had a crisis and I was in hospital and there was a girl next to me. And she, obviously, she had sickle cell. No, not obviously, but yeah, she had sickle cell. So we were both in there. And I was with this girl 24-7. And obviously, this girl, I'm not going to lie, her sickle cell was, like, really severe. It was very, 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 very severe. And she was just telling me how, I think, a three-year course, a three-year degree took her seven years. Just because every time she got ill, playing catch-up at uni, she had to start over, she had to repeat so many years, all that kind of stuff. And I remember I just sat down in, I just sat down in that hospital bed, I just said, I can't do this for seven years. Because I remember that, I think the first year of uni for me, for a lot of people, was like a good time in their life, but mine wasn't. Every time I think of uni, I just think about having a crisis on campus, just everyone looking at me like, uh, I don't know, yeah, I was just, yeah. Just always being in my room ill. Like I went out a few times and I was just knackered. I was just ill. And I was in the midst of that. I was still trying to find myself. Obviously, at uni, you're, 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 yeah, all of that kind of stuff. So I remember after I left, after that crisis, I went home and I decided I was going to drop out. I just thought I can't. And I, yeah, it was that time as well when people around me were losing people to sickle cell. So I remember, yeah, a, a friend of a friend's aunt died. And I remember she she messaged me and she was just like, oh, my aunt passed away and I know you have this condition I just want to say like life's too short just go for what you want to go for and I just sat there and I just thought I don't have a passion for 
for this. I don't have seven years. So I dropped out. My mum lost her mind. My mum was kind of like, so what do you want to do? You want to be a cleaner? Do you... And the funny thing, I, when I dropped out of uni, I, and I didn't even have a plan, it just got so unbearable for me, just the pain. There was time I sat in a lecture room. How many people in the lecture room? Like 300 people, and I sat there in pain. And I was just like, oh. And I was sitting there trying not to make any noise because I figured I am not having a crisis in front of 300 um, no, that's not what we're, that's not what we're gonna do. And I remember I sat there, just, like, holding it in. I was just, oh my God. And the lecturer was just talking, I was just like, when is this guy gonna talk? I need to, I need to leave. And I think, obviously, I, did, I don't think I made it through. I think I got up, I managed to, like, walk out and just get back to my room. But I was just like, I can't keep doing this. So I left uni. I left, yeah, I left uni and I didn't really have a plan. And... I had a lot of time on my hands to so just, I was just at home looking at all my friends' pictures on Facebook, living their best life at uni. And I just, I think I became a victim. I was just kind of like, it's not fair. I can't do acting. I don't know what else I want to do outside acting. All, there was all these thoughts. I was having really bad crisis. And my crisis affects me in my, in my, in my hip. Yeah, and that's another thing. A lot of people, their crisis affects them differently. My ones are my joints. So my knees and my hip. So that was the same time. All the crisis I had, it was just always in my hip. It was always in my hip. It was always in my hip. And yeah, how old was I at uni? So this was, I probably like 19, yeah, 19, 20 now. Yeah. And I remember, yeah, I think I was, yeah, 19. And I remember having a really, really, really bad crisis. And the doctors coming in and they were like, we've had a scan of your hip. And we, we might have to give you a hip replacement. Hmm. Guys, I, I'm telling you, I'm thinking my head. I'm 19 years old and I'm about to have a hip replacement. I am 19 years old. My friends are out twerking. They're doing... I'm 19 years old and I'm about to have a hip replacement. No, no, no. And I just, I just felt like... I don't know, I just felt like my life... That was just going to be it for me. It was just going to be hospital... And just being at home and, yeah, I was in a really, 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 really just down place. I was just, I kind of just gave up. I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, sickle cell, you win. Yeah, I feel like having a chronic illness, people don't talk about that. Like, you're always battling something. That's another thing. You're always, every step, you're, you're always battling something. Like, it's me, in my head, it's me versus the sickle cell. Like, I have to fight it. Like, I have to fight it, like... You can't really make plans. That's another thing that I think I'm learning in my later years. That, do you know what? I can't really, like... That some, some days I can wake up... Like, I can go to bed today thinking, tomorrow I'm going to have a productive day. I'm going to wake up at 9 o'clock. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, do that, do that. And I wake up and I can't get out of bed. Like, I physically can't move. I can't do this. Or I have plans and I can't I can't go on the day because I just know okay if I go out today I'm gonna open hospital yeah so that's another thing always battling something and learning my triggers because there's there, there are things that will trigger on a crisis so oh, I don't know if I mentioned it a crisis is is basically when I'm having like a, a sickle cell crisis is basically when I'm having like a an episode like an attack like, if, you, if I'm on the floor, and crying or whatever, and I have to call an ambulance. If I'm in hospital, that duration, I'm having a crisis. So, yeah, there, there are different things that can, that can trigger it. And it's actually crazy. Like, being on your period can trigger a crisis. The weather change can trigger a crisis. And I live in England. <laughs> Hilarious, yeah. We get four weather changes a day. <laughs> yeah. What else can trigger? Stress. And anyone that knows me, I am I stress about everything. I stress about everything. Like I'm just a very anxious person. I'm always like, oh my gosh, what what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And, I, and then I stress and then and then I let things pile up and then yeah, so learning my triggers was definitely, 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 definitely a big, big like learning point for me. And I feel like anyone that has sickle cell or any kind of I don't know. 
chronic illness, you have to know your, your triggers. And me not being able to do something, the same thing as my friend or the same people my age mate, doesn't make me less than. And I think I'm still learning that because, ah, getting emotional again. YouTube podcast. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I just feel like I should have done a lot more. And that's something that I have to unlearn. I have to unlearn that. I should have done more, but then there's only so much I can do. There's some days when, there's some days when I, most of the time I'm really, really, really hard on myself. And there's some days I sit there and I'm like, honey, honey, you have a chronic illness. You're doing the best you can. You're doing the best you can. I just feel like I don't believe that and I feel like it's going to take me a long time to believe that. It's going to take me a long time to believe it. Especially in this day, in the age of social media, everyone's really like going at it with their dreams every single day. I feel like I'm saying congratulations every single day. And then there's stuff that I want to do that I start, yeah, they're just, or there's stuff that I feel like I started late just because I don't want to like, blame it on my health but there's certain things that I've had to like I've had to like okay slow down with that do this at a time so you so your your health is stable your yeah there's all yeah there's things like that so I'm very very hard on myself and but yeah I'm learning I'm learning that and learning my triggers it is and I'm, I've got to that place where okay even though some days I still try and push my body a bit too much, which I end up paying for it. So sometimes, you know, someone can be like, oh, do you want to come up tonight? And I know I've been in pain all day. My bones have been aching all day. And I look at him, I'm like, yes, you want to live your best life. You want to go out. You don't want to always be at home in pain. But you just need to sit this one out, babe. You need to sit this one out. And I just have to, I'd be like, sorry, I can't come. But there's been times when... Even sometimes, I don't like planning things in advance. Like, if someone says to me, oh, there's this thing happening end of next month, I just think, whoa. I don't know where I'm going to be end of I could, I could be in hospital that week. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. So I try not to, yeah, make plans ahead. Sometimes I like, it's good because, okay, I can look at my week and say, I've got this, this, this next month. I need to rest on this day. I need to maybe work from home that day or rest the weekend before that because it's going to be a hectic week. Yeah, all of, yeah. So I always, always have to, like, pace myself. So that's learning my triggers. And my other, yeah, triggers is not stressing, which I don't... God, God is helping me with that. You don't need to pray for me. I'm, I'm, I stress about everything. And then, obviously, no matter how much you prevent... You try and prevent your crisis from happening, it's, there's still some things that you can't, you, can't, you can't control. There's been times when, you know, I have, I've really been, like, on my A game with my triggers and stuff. And I, I've still ended up in hospital. So, but but those those crises, I don't beat myself up as much. Because I think, okay, I couldn't have helped this. There's some crises where I kind of go out too much for a bit. Or do the most when I know. That sometimes I can go out and I'll be out every day or whatever. And I'm fine. I'm, I'm physically finding myself. And there's sometimes when I know I'm not fine. But I'm going out and I'm just like, you know, you shouldn't, you have no business being out. But sometimes when I let people down or I just feel like I'm just, I don't want to be at home, not living my best life, not being a baby girl. And then I'm sitting in hospital for a week, two weeks. And I'm getting depressed. I'm getting down. I have 24 hours to overthink. So, oh my gosh, I don't know how long this episode has been. Sorry, guys. I can't speak for other chronic illness, but I can just speak on the one that I live with. And I just, yeah, there's there's so many effects that, effects of living with sickle cell. Sometimes you sit there and you think, okay, this isn't a cold or this this isn't going away. That's I think that's hard to deal with. That That is hard to deal with. Or just not knowing, it's just spontaneous making plans you know there's been times when i've i've booked to travel 
and on the day of my flight I've ended up in the hospital in the morning and I haven't been able to fly out and I'm sitting there just upset at the wasted money and thinking I was really looking forward to this weekend and now I'm in yeah like not knowing what's around the corner and there's times when guys I am fine I'm I'm so happy I'm it just hits me there's times when I can feel a crisis coming so for example if I have in let's say a week I have pain like every single day that week like not a five minute pain like a like a you know 20 minute an hour pain I think oh yeah and I'm taking my codeine I'm taking all my tablets and stuff I know okay that weekend I, I really should I, sh I, I would try my best to literally be bed bound and just ride it out and I know in that stage I need to everything kind of needs to take a back burner everything just needs to not be a priority right now and then there's sometimes I am out here I am living my best life and it just hit boom you're in the hospital back oh shit ooh, ooh, wait how did I get here how, how where am I yeah so you, you, you never know you never know Okay, the I think the last thing I want to talk about is, I think the reason why I haven't really spoken about this publicly before, or I think when you have an illness and you're trying your best to live, like, to, to be your, your best version, regardless of the condition that you're living with, there's that kind of pressure from other people that have it too. And I don't think, yeah, because I think when I was, when I was, uh, when I was younger, my aunt would always be like, oh, like, you're going to inspire so many people that have sickle cell. You're going to, this, this, that, because you, you're, you're doing really well, blah, blah, blah. Or even, like, yeah, a few years ago, like, at my, I feel like at my at my best, when I was, like, really on top of my A-game, when I was on on top form, I was always getting a lot of those comments. And I just felt like that is a lot of pressure because I can't, I don't want to be an inspiration for sickle cell, if that sounds really weird. Like, I don't want to be known for sickle cell. Yeah, it sounds really selfish as well, but I think there's a lot of pressure that comes with that because I'm taking this day by day. I'm taking this every day at a time. And even sometimes when, like I said at the beginning of the episode, there's some people that I've put two and two to get mine for, like, yeah, this girl has sickle cell. So they message me and they're like, you inspire me so much. I look at your Instagram. You're out. You're traveling. You're living your life. You're doing this. I've never traveled out of the fear. And that's another thing as well. Oh, my gosh. I didn't travel for a very long time out of the fear. If I go to this country, do they, do they know what sickle cell is? What if I have a crisis? What, you know? And those are just, that's just one example of how I let things hold me back as well. So when I get those messages, I don't think, oh, my gosh, like, I'm doing something right. I swear to God, I feel... Like, I want to roll up into a ball. I just like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be that for you. I, I'm trying to... I'm barely, barely being that for myself. And especially what people don't realise is you see me post a picture on Instagram, you see me post a selfie, or you see me going out, you don't know what week I've had, or you don't know the, the moment before that selfie, or if I'm going out because I've been in hospital for a week and a half or two weeks and I'm just like, nah, I need to like enjoy myself this weekend. I've been ill for the last month or whatever. You don't know that. So obviously I'm, I know it comes from a good place. I remember when Banana came out. So for, for those that don't, know, that don't know, this was like when I was on a TV show and this, this show came out and it was like, yeah, there was a lot of noise about it. It was called Banana. If you haven't heard about it, you can go Google it. Yeah, I was in episode eight. Yeah, so Banana came out and everyone was just like really proud of me because I think all my closest, they just know that this acting dream of mine is not like, it's not a new thing. Like I've been, I've been trying. Like I've, I've been trying. Obviously we'll talk about that more in when I have an episode talk about acting. So I remember when Banana came out, and one of my friends that has sickle cell as well, she messaged me. She's gonna know who she is, but obviously I know she she didn't mean it didn't come from a bad place, and it came from a, a good place, and I really appreciate her for it. She messaged me just saying, "Oh wow, I'm sitting here, I'm watching you on my TV screen, like playing lead, living your dream." Because we went to school together, so she knows that I've always wanted this since I was in secondary school. It's not just like a new age 
dream like I feel like a lot of people on Instagram now everyone just wants to be an actress it wants to be this and it wants to be that like this is this has been with me for as long as I can remember so she sent me a message saying I'm so happy for you like you're out here chasing your dream like you're not letting this thing hold you back and it's inspiring me to chase my dreams as well and a normal person would have been like oh thanks babe <laughs> oh my god that's so sweet I saw that and I cried yeah I was just like, that is pressure. I just felt pressure. I just thought, whoa. It's a good thing, but it's pressure. I can't I can't put it into words, but I was just like, I don't I don't wanna I don't want people to be like, oh, she has sickle cell and she's doing that. Because I'm barely doing it. <laughs> I'm holding on by a thread. Like I am I'm trying to be my own saving grace. Like, I'm trying so hard. Like, I'm fighting this thing every single day that I can't... I don't want people to be like, oh, wow, you inspire me to to do this. You inspire me to... Blah. Like, yeah, I think... And sometimes when I get those DMs, it makes me... It makes me sh put my barriers up without talking about it even more because I just think I haven't even spoken about it. People have kind of, you know, put two and two together and messaged me like, oh, I have sickle cell. And, you know coming in your story, you're, you're so bubbly, blah, blah, blah. It, 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 it makes me just want to do better and things like that. And obviously it comes from a good place, but I just... I just... feel a lot of pressure from it. I just, yeah. and I, It's something that I'm, I'm working on. Because I have to work on it, because... It's, it's, I think, yeah, it's an issue. But, so the pressure of that... Even that's why I didn't want to talk about this. And, I, and then this morning I just woke up and I just thought, like, I don't know, maybe the Holy Ghost was like, no, you're going to talk about it today, you're going to get off your chest and just get out there. But I was just kind of like, sometimes I just want to, when I, I feel like when I want to talk about sickle cell, I just want it to be a throwaway comment. So I just be like, blah, 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 sickle cell, sickle cell, sickle throw it, bye, and it's gone. But it obviously, it, it's, an, it's a big deal. So it's never like that. Because sometimes even when people message me, especially, oh my gosh, when it's my birthday and stuff, and people message me like, oh, you're the strongest person I know. You've dealt with this and all oh, so much this and so much that and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're so inspiring. It's sweet. Yeah, when people message me, messages just telling me how strong I am. I don't know, I just feel pressure because I think if you're putting that title on me, I have to kind of maintain that when I, I, I don't need, that's another pressure I don't need. Especially I feel like most of my life I've tried to, I've always wanted to be the strong girl because everyone's seen me as a strong girl and I feel like it's made, it's made me ill. Like it's just, it's not made me deal with things, it's not made me cry. It's, yeah, because I never really used to be a crier. I feel like now I cry a lot more than I used to because I just felt like you can't cry, you're strong. This is life, this is what, this is the hand you've been dealt with. Deal with it, get on with it. You know, and I just feel like that is just not a healthy way to live. It's not because I, I I'm speaking from experience. It's 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 not a healthy way to live. So when people when people send me those messages, even though it's coming from a good place, I always feel like, oh God, everyone thinks I'm strong. So I I, I can't I can't break down, or I can't talk about how I'm, I'm I'm struggling with this, or I can't talk about every time I'm in hospital, like it's suicidal thoughts, and I just feel like all those kind of stuff. All those kind of stuff. I just feel like I can't talk about that if people think you're strong. Which is why I feel like... I think that's why I associate those kind of comments to pressure. Because I feel like you're putting, you're putting pressure on me to be perfect. You're putting pressure on me to, you know, to really live my best life. You're putting pressure on me to really, really do something so I can show other people that, no, you can... I just... It's too much. I feel like you can only deal with what you can deal with. And obviously I do appreciate the comments and things like that but yeah it is it is it it's something that I'm de I'm dealing with so that that pressure is a lot another thing I want to talk about <laughs> I'm, I'm just jumping because I'm just remembering it I'm just trying to get everything out because I don't really want to do like another sickle cell episode apart from if I have a conversation with other people yeah know your blood type oh I feel like I just need to wear a t-shirt where I just... It really annoys me. 
when people when I'm having conversations with people and I'm like, yeah, so my mum was a trait, my dad was a trait, and then yeah, bam, I had me, and I'm and they're like, oh, what's that? What's that? I'm like, what? Who said that? Oh, I'm joking. <laughs> know your blood type. It's not a game. It's not a game. It is not a game. Like this affects. This will affect your child. This will affect your child's life. Like I went, I went for a. a a big part of my of my younger life really really resenting my mum and dad because I just felt like you heifers are not even together anymore and I'm still here suffering just because you, you know what I mean like obviously there's ignorance they didn't know about it and whatever so I can't be mad at them but I just feel like in this day and age if if my parents met in this day and age and they both knew they had a they had a trait and still went ahead and decided to have children or whatever I will I, I would really have a lot of resentment towards them because I just think it's selfish. Like for example, I have I have yeah, I have a full blown sickle cell. I would never in my wildest dream go and lay with someone or plan to have children with someone that had sickle cell or even a trait. I don't care I don't care how much I love you. And that might sound wild, but I don't nah. Mm -mm. I don't care how much I love you. You're you're not destined for me. That's I don't know. God would God, mm -mm, God wouldn't do that. That's that I can't because every single time I'm my child is in hospital, I, I oh my gosh, the guilt will kill me. I just feel like oh my gosh, I could have prevented this. I Yeah. Cause even this time when I'm in hospital, I'm just like, if only but obviously I can't think like that anymore because I'm here. It is I'm here now, you know, I just have to get on with it. But I just think prevent please guys, prevention is better than cure. Prevention is better than cure. I'll say it one more time, prevention is better than cure. You can't just be going around being reckless and thinking, oh, yeah, 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 whatever, you know? Or not knowing, I feel like we're all grown adults, like, we're all in our 20s, or I don't know, if, even if you're young and you're listening to this, please get checked out. and know your Just know your blood type and have those conversations. Like, when I'm, if I'm dating someone, that comes up in the first conversation because I'm not going to allow any feelings to form if I know there's no future. I will let you know, literally from the first conversation, the first day, I will drop it in there, I have sickle cell, and that is your chance to tell me, oh crap, I have the trait, I have, okay, yeah, wow, we can be friends, or, do you know what I mean, but I can't go any further with you, and that's, that's how I've always lived my life, always, 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 I just always make sure I had that conversation, so I feel like people don't have that conversation, and I've, and I've, People have come to me and spoken to you about like, oh my gosh, my boyfriend, he's going to train, I'm going to train, what are we going to do? I love him so much. I'm just like, pack your bag. Pick up your load. Say your goodbyes. You know, because I've had family. Yeah, I've had family members in that situation where one of my family members was seeing someone very seriously and they both had a trait. And I, I remember I said, I said, I would never forgive you. It might sound harsh, but I was young at the time, but I would just, because I'm so passionate about this. It's obviously, it's easy for me to be passionate about because I had to live with this every single day. So if I can prevent someone else from living this life that I've had to endure, absolutely. And I feel like as a, as a, as a mother, a parent, a father, bringing your child into this, this world, that is your responsibility to do that one thing for them. Because there's so many things that is out of our control, but that is within our control. You have a trait. Don't have a child with someone that has a trait. You have sickle cell. Don't have a child. Please, please, please. I beg of you people. Please don't. So that isn't... Yeah, that's one thing I, I will say. Don't... I mean, know your know, know your blood type. Don't think love... Like, like love is sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sweet. But real life happens. Real life is real. I feel like sometimes you, you can... Be in love with someone and be like, oh, how many people have you been in love with? And now you you can't even remember their last name. Do you know what I mean? Or you just, like, you don't even know where they are. You're not in contact. Like, yeah. You can't just say, oh, I'm in love. This, trust me. Because if if that, if that if you go down that route, you're in love with this person, you're like, no, we're going to deal with this. Our child's going to be fine. We're going to take the risk. You give birth. That child has sickle cell. And God forbid, I don't know, you get the divorce. Or you, you you go your separate way. You still have to deal with that child that has sickle cell for the rest of their life and your life. And you're going to have to look at that child. And they're going to have to look at you. Every time that child's sick in hospital, going through health complications, going through operations, going through blood transfusions, going through all of that, all of those malarkey, 
and you're gonna have to know at the back of your mind that you could have prevented that anyway I, I won't talk about that too much because I'm very very passionate about that the last thing that I want to speak about is guys don't let anything hold you back seriously it might take you longer to get to the destination you might have to go a different route you might have to I don't know take a different train use a different method but you are able whatever you have whatever obstacles in your way whatever I don't know whatever whatever you have that you think right I have this I can't achieve that no it might take you longer it probably will take you longer but you're gonna get there and I'm speaking to myself as well as me speaking to you guys, telling you this. Like, yeah, I still have to tell myself, I can't let anything hold me back. I can still achieve what I want to achieve. It might take me longer. Some days I might be tired and I can't get out of bed, but we'll pick it up the next day. Or if, I can't, if I'm ill for a week or two, we'll pick it up after that. You know, you just have to keep going. It's, it's an ongoing battle. You just have to keep going. But yeah. <sighs> if you listen to this episode to the end, you are a real G. You are a real G. That's all I'll say. I'm going to round up now. Thank you so, so much for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye.